Welcome back to the Creative Collision Podcast. This is Saeed here, bringing you a new episode. Um, this episode is strictly going to be a, a sports one, all sports topics. Uh, a lot going on in the world of sports since my last podcast. Uh, so I'm going to get into all you know three of the major sports, of course, NBA, NFL, and uh, MLB. Um, I'm recording this on the one-year anniversary of uh, Kobe's tragic uh, passing so I am going to talk about, you know, honor him and talk about a little bit about, you know, my memories and, and uh, just pay respects and just talk about, um, um, yeah, just remembering Kobe for a little bit. Uh, it's crazy. It still seems so unreal. Still, still hard to believe. So uh, uh, just honoring him and also his daughter, Gianna, and, and the seven others are around that helicopter crash. Um uh, uh, that tragic day. So, uh, I'll be towards the end of the podcast. Um, uh, I'll start with the NBA. Uh, I'll kick it off there. Then I'll uh, talk about uh, NFL. Now we have our Super Bowl matchup, and uh, just do my thoughts on on that so far, and also the the championship games from this past Sunday. And then uh, I'll finish with some baseball. Uh, we also had some some recent deaths in baseball that. Uh, I want to talk about a little bit. Hank Aaron was a big one. Uh, that one, that one got to me. Uh, Hank Aaron's passing, and uh, also another Dodger legend, Tommy Lasorda, which I know it's been a few weeks now, but uh, you know, it, it, there's been a lot of Hall of Famers recently that that have passed away in baseball. So just want to give a little bit of my thoughts on that. Don Sutton, another Dodger legend, um, also. So. That'll be towards the end. Uh, I'm going to start it off with baseball. I mean, I'm sorry. I'll start it off with um, NBA. And uh, first thing I want to talk about um, is uh, is the Brooklyn Nets. So I haven't talked about the, the James Harden trade uh, on the on the podcast yet since my last one. So uh, just to just give you my thoughts on, on uh, what I've seen so far from the Nets. Now they... They can't defend anybody. That's the biggest takeaway. And you knew that was going to be the problem as soon as that trade was made. Um, but you totally understand why that trade had to be made. Anytime a uh, a um, historically great player is available in his prime and they want to go to your team, um, you have to pull the trigger on that. Um, you got to take that chance if you're looking to try to win a championship. Uh, you try to fill in the holes later, but anytime that talent's available, you got to make that trade. So, I uh, totally understand why they did it. They gave up a lot of size, and the biggest one was trading Jared Allen. Um, Karis Lever was part of that trade, and uh, good thing for him because that trade possibly could have saved his life. And and uh, you know he. He uh, had some good news today. He got a successful surgery to treat his uh, his, uh, his kidney cancer that you know that he had, or at least was in possible development. Um, it was renal cell renal cell uh, surgery on his left kidney. I'm trying to get the right pronunciation here, um, but uh, you know that's a blessing for him in disguise that he got traded because it possibly could have could have saved his life. So. Um, he, um, good for him. He expected to make a, make a, uh, make a full recovery. Um, but yeah, so, you know, he was part of it. He ended up going to, 
Indiana. Jared Allen went to Houston. I mean, I'm, yeah, no, Jared Allen went to uh, went to Cleveland, and uh, uh, Oladipo went to Houston, and also uh, um, um, uh, Karis Lippert went to um, went to Indiana. Yeah, so big. Big losses, but again, you understand why the why the Nets made that trade. They they're gonna score a lot of points. Um, I, I, Kyrie's a big question mark, um, but I just I think their their talent's good enough to get to the NBA Finals. I just don't see how they're gonna beat the Lakers in a seven game series because they they have no answer for AD. Um, they, you know, LeBron, of course, nobody ever has an answer for LeBron they got more, they can throw at LeBron, but you can, you can put Cameron Durant on LeBron and try to slow him down a little bit. But, you know, AD, DeAndre Jordan is now their, their, uh, main, main, uh, you know, front court defender. And he's, he's nowhere near the guy he used to be with the Clippers. So. They need to they need to find another big or else they're they're not gonna win. I don't, I don't think they can win, with the the way the roster is currently constructed. You're just you know they're allowing 140 points to to Cleveland, um, you know, yeah. and Cleveland was the worst offensive team in the league. So unless they add another big, uh, there's rumors that uh, they are looking at Javale McGee training for Javale McGee. So you know that will help. Um, Still, still don't think it's enough. Uh, they need another like just uh, kind of a PJ Tucker type of player, uh, a guy that's gonna. They need another big, so Javale Miko will help. Uh, but they also need another wing defender. And uh, if they don't get both of those, I don't think they have enough to win. I, especially in the playoffs when the game slows down, and and um, it becomes more of a half court game. Their half court offense, I don't, you know, is they're still trying to figure that out with the uh, the three, the three superstars that they have, and and uh, their defense, it, you know, defense is cliche, but it still wins championships. You need to be, you gotta if you're gonna be a all time great offensive team like they have the ability to be, you gotta at least be average on defense to win a championship. Um, I don't. I can't think of a team that's ever been bad at defense and won a championship. There's been teams that are average on defense and went and won championships because they had such an overpowering offense. But uh, to be bad at you know to be absolutely one of the worst in the league at defense and and win, I don't care how much talent you have on the offensive end, um, it's it's not going to get it done. So, um, but I do think. Just because Kevin Durant is playing like, you know, he's playing arguably the best basketball of his career, and and Kevin Durant is the best player in the East, so I think that's enough to get to the finals. Just with Durant, Harden, and Kyrie, because uh, I'm not sold on the Bucks. I, they, I still don't think they have what it takes to win, um, especially you know in the fourth quarter because Giannis. You can't trust Giannis to get you a shot, to get you a bucket when he when he uh, needs to, and that's going to be a problem still come playoff time. So that's still the Bucks' weakness, um, closing games, 
and uh, getting that getting uh, that that big bucket down the stretch. I don't see I don't see how they're gonna do that. Um, the Sixers, the Sixers, I think pose the biggest threat to the Nets. Um, again, kind of the same thing with uh, the Lakers and the Nets have no answer for AD. The Sixers, you know, the Nets would have no answers for Embiid, you know, and Embiid can take over a series. Um, he has the potential to do that. He hasn't done it yet, but the way he's been playing this year, he he might be their early favorite for MVP. So, um, so Embiid, Embiid definitely uh, will be a problem for the Nets. So, I just don't know if the supporting cast will be enough to to beat them. But that's the one team I, I think has the best chance of uh, beating the Nets in the playoffs. Um, Celtics, I'm not sold on. I think they're missing. I feel like they're missing another player. Their bench isn't that good. And, and uh, I, you know, they do have, you know, with Jalen Brown and Tatum now, they, they got a pretty good one-two punch, but... I don't think the supporting cast is enough still. Um, then the rest of the East is, I mean, the Pacers, the Pacers are good, but they don't, they don't have the superstars to, to get to the finals. I don't believe. And then at that point, after that, after that, there's not really anybody else worth talking about that's going to pose a threat. So that's my thought so far. Nets good enough to get to the finals, but definitely not good enough to, to uh, win the championship and beat the Lakers. Um, so, and that's, that's what it's all about. So uh, that's my early thoughts on the Nets. It's fun to watch though. It's definitely fun to watch and, and seeing how they're going to figure this out. Uh, a lot of it, of course, depends on Kyrie and how, and how focused he's on basketball too. So, uh, you know, we'll see about that. We'll see how it goes. Not much to talk about in the West. I mean, the Lakers are still doing their thing they're just you know playing playing along and winning games and making it look easy man they they have that switch where they can just blow out any team whenever they want it seems like and lebron is still lebron um doesn't look like he's slowing down at age 36 um ad is not even really playing that good yet he's he's uh he's kind of just going through the motions it seems like ad is just not really not really. He hasn't turned it up yet. He hasn't took his game to that next level yet. And the Lakers are still just rolling rolling teams, you know. So that's the scary part. You know, AD still hasn't really got it going. And and uh, the Lakers are still making it look that easy. Uh, and mostly just because uh, the supporting cast is better than last year. The, with Schroeder and uh, Montresero. Uh, people thought their defense would suffer um, with the losses that they have. Um, but it really hasn't. Their defense is just as good as it was last year, and they're just better on offense. So they're a better version of the team they had last year, and that's that's scary for the league. So um, uh, there's nobody nobody in the West that can really threaten the Lakers. I know the Clippers are looking good right now, but still still don't trust Paul George in a playoff series, especially you know against the Lakers. Um, so I mean I think the Lakers and the Clippers are both thirteen and four have the uh, the best record in the West right now. I think they have the same record. Maybe the Clippers have one more loss, but either way, um, I think 
this is how the West is breaking down right now. It's the Lakers, huge gap, then the Clippers, huge gap, then everybody else. So I think the Lakers are clear away the best team. I think the Clippers are clearly the second best team right now. Um, and then um, after that, it, it's kind of up in the air. I, I would say the Jazz is probably the third best team right now. They're playing well, but uh, I don't know. Well, well you know, uh, I still don't know if they have enough. A lot of it is they're just playing really well at the team, but uh, it's still one superstar, you know, So with Donovan Mitchell. And then the Nuggets are off to a pretty slow start, at least for them. Um, they're like a 500 team. Expect them to be better. Um, if they're playing at their best, they potentially could be the second best team. But right now, um, they're kind of the, you know, they're, they're trying to figure it out a little bit. Jamal Murray hasn't took that next step. Uh, and, uh, you know, Jokic is playing out of his mind. But um, they, they're definitely not nowhere near what at their best yet. So uh, just uh, my thoughts so far. The update, Lakers still the best. Uh, I just want to mostly talk about, you know, the net so far and what I think so far of that trade, but, um, it's been, it's been fun. I think a lot of the season started getting into place. Of course, a lot of people missing games with COVID protocol and things like that. But, um, as the season goes along, I think we'll start to see the best teams kind of rise to the top. So that's my thoughts so far on that. And, uh, uh, we'll move it on to uh, the NFL and uh, preview the Super Bowl as well as talking about the, the these past championship games. So a Super Bowl matchup is going to be Chiefs and Buccaneers. Um, young versus old, young goat versus old goat, I guess, is, is uh, how this is going to be marketed. Tom Brady yet again, uh, another Super Bowl, with 10 Super Bowl appearance, and then Mahomes. Uh, and the Chiefs going for back-to-back -back Super Bowl. So basically the current GOAT um, quarterback of all time versus the the guy that can, in Mahomes, that definitely has the potential to overtake him uh, one day, you know. So he's the one guy where obviously has all the talent in the world, is the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. If he just has uh, the career close to and close enough to Brady, then he could be recognized as the possibly being the goat one day. So, uh, fun matchup, fun matchup. Um, to me, I like the Chiefs all the way right here. Um, there are minus three, uh, a three point favorite, three and a half point favorite, I believe. And I might hop on that, um, before it goes up because I think, I do think that. That line, as we get closer to the Super Bowl, it's gonna it's gonna grow, maybe get to like four and a half by by Super Bowl. Um, I just you know I just think the Chiefs are so much better, um, and they've been so much better than any other team this this year. But a lot of the you know a lot of the the skeptics were pretty much pointing out how they didn't look too good at certain times during the season. You know, they barely covered any of their lines. And I, to me, I chalked that up to being that they were just so much better than everybody that they kind of went through the motions and got lazy a little bit. Um, didn't really take 
team seriously and you know would get behind and then when they needed to turn it up and turn on the switch they're able to do that you know despite having a lot of close games they were still 14 and 2 this year you know so they just have that uh that ability that only um really you see in the NBA teams like defending NBA championship teams like the Lakers right now you know when the team knows that they're they're so much better than everybody else that they they can kind of turn a switch whenever they want. You see that a lot more in the NBA. You never really see that in the NFL. Um, I think it's a lot harder in the NFL to do that. But they have that same type of ability where where they can, if they need to score a touchdown whenever they want, they pretty much can. You know, it's crazy. And and if they're down, you know, two scores, they can just flip the switch and. You know, have a a quarter where they score like four touchdowns in one quarter, um, and that's that's uh, just so rare to see in in, uh, in the NFL, and and only like NBA, you really only see that of NBA teams really. So um, they took care of the the Bills like there was nothing. A lot of people were were saying how uh, you know the Bills had a chance, and Josh Allen is better than Mahomes this year. And, uh, and just kind of, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about that. That was really the talk. And I hopped all over that, that Chiefs, um, this past week there, again, there were only like a three point favorite and, and I was all over that, you know, uh, I, I, uh, I expected them to, to like basically roll the, roll over the bills. Like it was nothing. Um, and that's what they did. So on the other hand, uh, I didn't think the Bucks were gonna win the uh, gonna beat the Packers, so so I lost lost money there, won money with the Chiefs, but lost money with the Packers uh, and and the Bucks. Um, yeah, it it was you know I, a lot of people are, are are blaming the refs again, saying and I get it, you know I I'm tired of Tom Brady too, and he does get a lot of calls and. And a lot of things always go his way, but I can't blame that game on that last play, that holding play, um, uh, for that that pass interference play, um, because the Packers had their chance, man. The you know Tom Brady threw three straight interceptions, uh, three straight possessions, and and all the Packers could get was six points out of that, out of those three turnovers, and uh, they had their opportunities. They had their opportunities. Um, Aaron Rodgers had his opportunities. He, he just couldn't get it done. Um, you know, Brady, Brady was trying to hand the game back to the Packers with those three picks and, and, uh, and Rodgers couldn't take advantage of that. So the Bucks defense really stepped up, um, um, in the, in those situations. And, and again, that last, that last drive too, when, uh, when they kicked the field goal, that didn't make sense. Uh, the Packers kicking the field goal to, he still needed a touchdown either way. So I don't, I don't know why they would kick a field goal in that situation. Doesn't make sense. Still, uh, you needed to score a touchdown no matter what. Even with a field goal, you still need to score a touchdown, and there's no guarantee you're gonna get the ball back. <laughs> and um, but they had their opportunities. That's why I can't blame that pass interference. They had three straight turnovers. And they could have taken advantage of those. Um, Rodgers on that third down play before they kicked that field goal looked like he had a 
a, a lane at the end zone where where you could have ran it, maybe got close to close closer to the goal line. If not, if you didn't score, at least got closer to the goal line where they can go for it on fourth down and feel more comfortable uh, being maybe two or three yards away instead of about 10 yards away. Um, so disappointing because I really wanted to see uh, Packers Chiefs. I thought that would have been the most fun matchup. But uh, we still got a good one. So we still got a good one. Looking forward to it. Um, I just, I, I just think the Chiefs offense is too overpowering and I don't see how the Bucks can keep them under like 30 points. I, I think Brady needs to, you know, the Bucks have to keep up offensively and, and, uh, Chiefs defense is a little underrated and I think they'll get enough stops, um, to, to hold them off. So, I mean, I'll think I think it'll be a little bit closer to than the than the Bills and Chiefs game was, but uh, I definitely see the Chiefs covering and and uh, winning back to back Super Bowls. So, uh, just my thoughts so far. They might change going into the Super Bowl. I might have I might have to do another podcast uh, before then. But so far, um, I'm all on the Chiefs um, uh, versus the Bucks uh, right now. So that's. That's the way he's looking, and and uh, it should be should be a fun one. Should be a very high high uh, viewership for this one. You know, you got Brady again against the best quarterback in the game today. So uh, it should be good. Uh, so yeah, let's move it on now to uh, to baseball, uh, and let's get into that. All right, so in the world of MLB, there's free agency still going on. Um, a couple big re-signings. Uh, DJ LeMahieu re-signed with the Yankees. He was a possible Dodgers rumor um, to go to the Dodgers as a rumor. Uh, Justin Turner is still free agent, so I think he's going to come back. Um, it's just a matter of time now. Uh, it's just basically trying to figure out the years. Uh, Turner wants multiple years the, the Dodgers are more looking at like a two-year deal from all the reports we're getting uh they'll probably settle somewhere in between and and uh we'll see but I'm pretty sure he'll be back um and uh yeah I mean uh, Blue Jays have made moves um they signed George Springer uh to a five-year contract I believe then Michael Brantley so they're Picking up some Houston Astros, so you know we know how we feel about that as Dodger fans. Um, so I'm um, just I'm just ready for the season to start. You know, ready for the season to start. Uh, hopefully, there's no hiccups uh, with COVID and the season can start on time. Uh, we just we just hope hope that baseball has a plan in place. You know, um, doesn't seem like they do, but. Uh, uh, I just hope there's no uh, no hiccups with the the season starting. It's pretty much all I got to say about the about that. Um, more so, I want to talk about remembering some legends um, with Hank Aaron passing away, uh, the true all time leader in home runs in baseball history. Um, just a remarkable player, and hearing his stories uh, got me pretty emotional uh, as far as like what he went through when he was chasing Babe Ruth's record and. Um, all the letters he would get, he would get like 3,000 letters a day, um, just 
racist people wanting him dead just for simply breaking a record, a a home run record as a black man. Um, You know, breaking the most iconic team sports record in in history of an American icon in Babe Ruth, right? So uh, hearing all those stories and the letters he would get, uh, the nasty letters he would get about that, just uh, makes you think, you know, how how uh, how much he had to go through. And his passing also makes you think about that era of athletes that went through social justice, the, or, you know, went through segregation and in a time where, where um, there's, you know, black people are getting murdered for speaking up. You know, this is this is Martin Luther King. This is the '60s, and and Hank Aaron passing away is one of the last few, uh, you know, black athletes now from that era that were considered icons, and and uh, there's not many left. There's not many like him left. You know, there's it made me start to think about others as well that that uh, were known for for um doing historical things, being bigger than the sport for what they did. Uh, He's one of them. Um, There's, you know, Bill, it made me look up Bill Russell's age. I wanted to see how old Bill Russell was. And he's, I think the same age. And he's another one that's one of the last few left from, from that era that uh, went through, went through hard times and fought for social justice. Um, You know, Kareem's, Kareem's little younger, uh, about 10 years, I think 13 years younger. I think he's 73. Uh, Willie, uh, Willie Mays is actually up, uh, older than Hank Aaron was. So, um, so I just starts to make you think of that, that 60s era of athletes and what they went through. Um, and Hank Aaron was one of the most iconic ones from that era. Uh, again, he, he has so many baseball records in my opinion. He's still the home run king. He is the all-time leader in RBIs. Um, all-time leader in total bases by over uh, like twelve thousand miles, or whoever's in second place. I think it's like Stan Musial or some. Um, if you take away all this home runs, you still have three thousand hits. So, uh, just crazy, you know. A Gold Glover and had all the accolades, and was even a better person from everything you hear. And it's uh, inspirational to hear those stories of. Of what he had to go through, um, and just being so consistent, and and of course we're still we're still battling a lot of, you know, the issues that he went through is are still going on today, but uh, but in his era it, it was just I think multiplied more because people were really these let you never knew any of those letters he got in could have could have happened you know could have been true you know this this is only a few years you know this is less than 10 years between uh martin luther king dying jfk dying getting assassinated so so getting threatening letters like that at that time is is scary especially if you're black right and and for him to to focus on on playing baseball while while he was getting you know, hate mail um, is uh, it just, it just shows the mental mental fortitude he had. So, uh, rest in peace to to a legend, uh, one of the the true icons of baseball, and 
one of the all-time greats. So um, his passing was pretty tough. Um, the good thing is he lived a long, a long life, um, and uh, and was really loved and respected by everyone. Um, also, you know, a couple weeks uh, before uh, Time Lasorda also passed away, Dodger manager legend. So uh, his stories were remarkable as well, and and uh, he he basically made the Dodgers what they are today. The whole uh, uh, bleed blue, and I bleed Dodger blue. Like he, what he did for the Dodgers from a marketing standpoint is is probably as big as any one sports um, sports person with an individual team. Like he's, you know, his, his ties to the Dodgers spanned it over 70 years. So, uh, no, I thought a uh, huge Dodger fan, uh, that one was tough as well. Uh, you just try to prepare for it. Cause he had spent some couple weeks in the hospital before. So, and once you you, know, you hear these stories and and then you try to expect embrace uh or uh you know yeah you try to get yourself ready for it, for the passing of these 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 legends but when it happens you're still you're still not ready for it so um that was that was tough um and then it was like a week after when Don Sutton passed away one of the most underrated Dodger Dodgers of all time, just one of the most underrated players of all time. Period, guy that has over three hundred wins and which is a model of consistency. And he's, you know, when we think of great Dodger pitchers, we think of Kershaw first, or Sandy Koufax, or Don Drysdale. Uh, but Don Sutton is the guy that has the most wins in the franchise history. You know, the most strikeouts in the franchise history. You know, has almost all the you know Dodgers pitching records. So very underrated overlooked and part of it's because he never was the the best pitcher in the league well you know Kershaw has been the best pitcher in the league Colfax was the best pitcher in the league uh so that's one of the reasons he gets overlooked he was never quite them right but he was so consistent and so durable and so reliable and you know that that goes a long way and that's how we got into the hall of fame so RIP to um couple of legends i just wanted to share my thoughts real quick and then i'll get you know now i'll just move it on to kobe and his one year um anniversary of his the one year anniversary of his passing um that happened a year ago today and it's crazy it's still it's still so surreal um i was watching espn today and and just uh watching his some of the specials they made for him and hearing like Paul Gasol talk about how he was his brother, how um, how much he meant to him, and uh, just how he kind of is is an uncle now to his his daughters, um, uh, and he named his newborn daughter. He he gave uh, the middle name of his newborn daughter, um, the same name uh, as uh, you know Gianna. He he named her you know in honor to to Gigi. So. Just seeing how how much uh, how much uh, Kobe meant to Paul and 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 uh, that that was pretty heartwarming to see and 
and uh, you, know, you still just feel so bad, so much for Vanessa, and she, she basically is just saying she's living for her kids, you know, um, and uh, that's just such a strong woman, uh, seeing what she's been, been through. Uh, so, of course, never forgotten. It's it's always gonna. This is always gonna be a day where. We're go we're gonna feel sad at any time this day comes around um, uh, every year, but we're also gonna celebrate as well, and we're always gonna pay pay tribute and remember um, just a, such a such a great player and someone that just meant so much to everybody. You know, a year later we're just still we're still talking about him every day and his impact and his legacy. So again, you know, rest in paradise, Kobe, Gianna. And along with the seven others and the helicopter crash, it's it's uh, still it's still unreal. But uh, we're always gonna pay tribute to Kobe and remember remember his legacy um, as uh, just a great all time great player, but also all time great father and a girl dad. And you, you know all the all the stories, how much people he touched and inspired. So. Oh uh, yeah, just just had to pay tribute, share my thoughts um, to the Mamba. So I'll leave it at that. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, I'll catch you guys on the next one. Just stay safe out there. Feeling south, feeling south, feeling south.